Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Best friends forever. Best friends forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network alongside Frankie Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for joining us. Frankie, what's going on? Not much, Greggy. It's Friday. It's New intro. GIF. New intro. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty good. It was lackluster. Yeah. You weren't there for the first one. I was I so low. I was positive it was coming. Yeah. Did we and practice? It, I didn't feel it. Did yeah. you, I feel like, we'll figure it out. Like, it didn't have... It wasn't probably not it. Well, listen... We said we're going to let the people decide. We're going to let the people and we're gonna decide. And we're going to do that. We're going to put a poll up uh, after the show, we said. Because we don't people we don't voting during the show. Um, we're going to put a poll up uh, after the show. If you like that intro, uh, our other intros, we use Around the World most of the week by ATC. If you like that, you can vote for that. Uh, you can ask us to keep trying, which we are more than happy to do. Um, and, of course, we'll put Third Eye Blind back on there. Because a lot of people have requested that, oddly enough, Frank. Yeah, you don't realize what you have until it's gone, I, I guess, did. right, Greg? I did. Because I feel like you didn't. While we had it, you know, people would just bash us. Now the comments we get Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Yeah. You guys need do do do. What happened to do do do? I don't know what we do next week without you, by the way. It's gonna be an issue. You haven't figured it out? I had an idea, it doesn't it didn't it doesn't seem to be it's in not the gonna cards. happen? No. Sorry. Yeah. My last hoorah before football season. Hoorah! There you go. I was, I was, do, you, do you know that joke? That was, was that a wrestler who did that? Yes. Was that, uh, oh, I can't think of it. Oh. I'm going to be very disappointed. It's BJF. Hoorah. Was it the, hoorah, hoorah, hoorah. No. That dude? No. It wasn't the hoorah, hoorah, hoorah. It was <sighs> hoorah. I don't know. I've got nothing. He's the most musty WWE champion in history. Miz. It was a Miz. <laughs> All right. I, I heard you the first time, Greg. All right. Uh, on the show today, super fun show for you. We got the fact of the day coming out. We got the Hall of Fame game last night, which I you know Frankie was super excited about. Um, yeah, we watched it together, right? We watched baseball together. What, what are you talking about? We watched baseball together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought we watched the Hall of Fame game together, too. No. I tried. We failed. I tried. Yes. Uh, we got that. We have some... some Guys, know what's talking about. We want to throw out there, and then to end the week, we will have the first edition of the ADP duel between Frank Stample and myself. The first edition ever of the ADP duel. We're dueling. This is not. Yeah. Are you purposely trying to break this? No, I'm trying to win the duel, though. This is gonna break very easily. Uh, you're not a bet. You're not a good dueler. Well, if I go as hard as you are, these things are bound to. For people just listening. Yeah. We're just clanking little baby pirate swords together. Not baby swords. They are <laughs> shined by the greatest swordsman or craftsman in all of Westeros. 
Is that true? Yeah. Are they made from Valyrian steel? You're damn right they are. <laughs> Valyrian plastic. Anyway, uh, ADP duels coming out later on in the program. But first, we start with the stat of the day, Frankie. I don't have a stat of the day prepared. <laughs> Sorry. None. You didn't see me downstairs? I was very busy today. No. All right. We were both very busy today. Yeah, it was a very it was a busy day. Very busy. Uh, okay. I mean, I can look through. I have a whole bunch of notes on players. All right, so pick, what, pick one as a stat of the day. Uh, oh, how about this one? All right, it was cool. fun when we spoke about Alvin Kamara. Since 2002, Kamara's 120 carries was the lowest total by a top three running back in half PPR, and it wasn't close. The next closest was 230 carries. Yeah, it was Jamal Charles. By Jamal Charles yeah, in 2000. We've, we've given that stat out like multiple times now. Yeah, but maybe people weren't listening back then. I need another stat. Uh, looking? Mm-hmm. I, I don't have anything to look right now. You got nothing. You have a whole list of... Okay. Last year, six of the 12 top running backs, the RB1s, six of them averaged 4.0 yards per carry or less, just proving... That volume trumps efficiency for RB1s, Greg. Is that a good one? It's better than the last it's one. like a Matt Modica stat. Agreed. I know Matt Modica was big on volume over efficiency, better which is true one. for your RB1. Yeah. Which, does that cause you to push Alvin Kamara down the draft board a little bit? Well, Can I... you hear a stat like that? Should we duel? You want to duel? You want to start off like with duel? Alvin Kamara versus Saquon Barkley? Yeah, should we duel? Well, who, who, which, where, where are you? I don't know if we're, if we're on the same side of the duel. Ah. Take that, young Sussman. Which side of the duel are you on? Uh, I, I have Alvin Kamara. We speak about that trio a lot. It's Kamara, Barkley, Hunt. Should Gordon be in, the, in that trio make it a quartet? I have just recently in non-PPR put Melvin Gordon ahead of Alvin Kamara. Really? In non-PPR? In non-PPR. All right, so we're playing. Does touchdowns count for you know, a large majority of your fantasy production in non-PPR? If we're doing, if we're doing half point. I'll, it, I'll still take Kamara. Will you take Kamara or Saquon Barkley? Oh, I've already said it. I have Barkley ranked ahead of him. All right. Because I think he can touch the ball 350 times. So you're not ADP dueling there because I agree with you. There you go. <laughs> no duel. Who would you have in half point between Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara, Greg? I'm a Kareem Hunt guy, man. I would take Kareem Hunt I love as well. it. You really, cause it, you really cal- calmed down a lot on Kamara then. Because you were, not, you were yeah. absolutely not on that. I just think, you know, with guys like Kareem Hunt and Saquon Barkley, guys who can consistently touch the ball 20 times, which, don't get me wrong, in the first four weeks of the season, Alvin Kamara can probably help you get off to like a 4-0 and start. In those first four weeks, I know they're going to work someone else in as well. He's not going to get like 25 to 30 touches in that span, but you got to remember, last year this guy was getting, what, 10, 11 carries per game, and he was getting seven or eight catches. I think he's going to get around 20 touches in those first four games, so he's going to help you then, but... Don't forget, once Mark Ingram comes back, it's going to go back to a lot of what we saw last year. And if he doesn't match the efficiency that he had last season, then we're not getting the same fantasy production. Like, there's no way he's going to match the efficiency from last year. 6.1 yards per carry. Average like 10 yards per reception. Alvin Kamara is a phenomenal player. Don't get me wrong. But he had 12 or 13 total touchdowns. He's just not going to be able to match that production, in my opinion, this year. Where you're drafting him is based on what he did last year, and I'm not sure he gets back to that level of efficiency. But we did say like repeatedly yeah. over and over last year. He'll, he'll have more volume, which will trump the loss in efficiency. But I just don't know how much more volume he gets once Ingram is back. But we said this all year last year, right? That it's not sustainable. 
that we can't trust this week in and week out. And he performed, he did it. He did it last year. So I'm almost wondering, because you were the one for a while, Frank, that was like, you, I'm you know, Kamara, man. I, I was the Kareem Hunt guy, you were the Kamara guy, and that was it. And now you're almost like walking it back for the same reasons that I was giving you a month ago. And, and I don't know why, like, why did you stop believing in your guy? It just comes down to volume again. Like what I mentioned, I think there's a chance that Kareem Hunt is going to touch the ball okay, around hold, 20 times in per ha- game in half consistently. Point, in half point, would you take yeah. Melvin Gordon over him? Over Kamara? Yes. No. Okay. So that's where the, that's where the line is drawn. Yeah. In non-PPR, I would because... Look, back-to-back years, 12 total touchdowns for Gordon. I think he's going to score at least 10. Would it surprise me if Alvin Kamara is more in the 7-8 touchdown range this year? No, it wouldn't. I still think he would catch the ball 80 times, which is going to make him more valuable than Melvin Gordon, in my opinion, in a half-point PPR, right. definitely in a full point. But when it comes to non-PPR, where touchdowns matter so much more, I, will, I have moved Melvin Gordon ahead of Kamara. It's amazing how badly I want one of um, Melvin Gordon to Kareem Hunt. I, I love him so much. Like, that's like, yeah. you, you're doing the whiteboard series a lot. I figured out that's the section I want to be in. It's like the 8-9 pick. I want to be, well, 8-9-10. Uh, if DeAndre Hopkins goes beforehand. That's the question. So I have the sixth pick in non-PPR flex right now, and I'm trying to trade out of it because Why? I'm stressing. What? what are you stressing about? So, first of all, I don't, I don't know who to take between Saquon Barkley and Antonio Brown in a non-PPR setting. Because but, but you may running not, backs but, touch the ball so much. But you may not have a choice. Like, I might not. I might not. And then you'd be thrilled. There's a chance that Alvin Kamara goes five. I mean, he There's might. There's a chance Antonio Brown goes five. It's true. But then, so basically the cutoff for me is like, if I take Saquon Barkley, I pick six. Yeah. Am I guaranteed to get one of A.J. Green or Devontae Adams in the middle of the second? I don't know that that happens. Might. And then if, if it doesn't. And I'm pulling up one of these other wide receivers up the board, Mike Evans or T.Y. Hilton, in the middle of the second round. Do I want to do that? Can you just draft another running back? I could, theoretically, and then I, take running back in round three and four. It's what I did last year, and I won. I, took, I started running back, running back from, I think, pick eight or nine. Right. But I'm trying to trade out of this pick to pick eight or nine because I'm guaranteed one of Kareem Hunt or Melvin Gordon. Yeah. And in the, in the early second round, I'm going to get one of Keenan Allen or Devontae Adams. That's why I like pick, I, I think pick nine's awesome. Yeah, I love. So, it. I, I love I've already hit up a few year. guys. Pat Thorman of Pro Football Focus. Uh, he shot me down. I think he had pick nine. I hit up a few other guys who have. I think one has pick eight, and the other has pick ten. So I'm gonna see if one of those work out. Okay, I'll keep us updated. I will appreciate that, Frank. Appreciate that. Um, let me see. Hall of Fame game. I know you didn't actually watch any of it, um, but you read about we it. We had to say goodbye to our good friend. I, listen, I get it. R.I.P. But <laughs> R.I.P. Who? Well, nobody really. All right. Um, but you've read about it. You've looked into it. What are your takeaways? Yeah, I mean, look, no starters pretty much played in this game. It was all backups. You got some of RG3. You got some of Lamar Jackson. I mentioned this to you. Jackson averaged 3.3 yards per attempt. So really nothing down the field. From what I saw, the highlights, he was throwing a lot of check down passes. Did throw a touchdown to Hayden Hurst, uh, who people are hyping up a little bit today, getting excited about. And I think he should have been on on our radar even before this happened. And it's going to continue to happen, Greg. Anytime someone scores a touchdown in the preseason, you're going to see their ADP move up. Hayden Hurst should have been on your radar regardless anyway, as a, I'll say a solid tight end two. Inside your top 20, maybe top 24, because we know the Ravens like to throw to the tight end a ton. They also drafted Mark Andrews, but Hayden Hurst, they used a first-round pick on. Remember, they drafted Hayden Hurst over Lamar Jackson uh, with that first pick in the first round, and then they took Lamar Jackson with their later pick in the first round. So I think Lamar Jackson still 
he needs to work on some things, obviously through the interception as well. Uh, he's not ready. He's not ready to start at the NFL level. Maybe at some point in this year, if Joe Flacco gets hurt, we could see him. But I'm not sure that Lamar Jackson is necessarily pushing for Joe Flacco's job unless this team starts Owen whatever. Or they have a losing record by like midseason. Then you throw him out there and see what you have in Lamar Jackson. One thing he didn't mention, though, in Lamar Jackson is that he did take off eight times. Now, he only had 25 yards rushing, but he did take off those, those eight times. Very interesting. Yeah, I watched a little bit, and it just seemed whenever the, park, the pocket started to he crumble, bailed. he, he bailed. just wanted to bail, and he just wanted to run. So that's part of you know why I say I don't think he's ready yet. Obviously, he's just a rookie coming in. He's going to learn those things, but he needs to learn to be a little more comfortable in the pocket and you know, not just once things break down, you just want to take off and run right away. Maybe you break outside the pocket and you continue to look downfield. That's what makes guys like Russell Wilson so great at what they do. Once he gets out of the pocket, defenders coming up, they have to decide whether to come attack Russell Wilson so that he doesn't run forward or to stay back and guard the defender. So that's what makes guys like Russell Wilson so hard to defend. Lamar Jackson, that's going to be part of his progression as a quarterback at the NFL level. Rashad Perriman didn't get hurt, so I think that's a plus. <laughs> there you go. There's a plus. Yeah, so that's, that, that's, that's obviously a positive for, for Baltimore. Um, over to Chicago, anything you're taking away from that side of the ball? Benny Cunningham looked great, man. Six for 37. Uh, his long was uh, 30 yards. Hey, he sold that on Twitter. So that means there was five other carries for a total of seven yards. There's not much going on on the Bears' side of the ball. All right, Hall of Fame game. Remember, it's the extra preseason game. It's not even like the first. It's the first preseason game, but it's not like one of four. It's yeah, like no starters played. And I did look into the preseason schedule for next week when things actually kick off. Thursday, there's like 12 games. And so that's when a lot is going to be going on. Including the New York Giants. There you go. Saquon Barkley's. That's play on Friday, actually. They do, yeah. Giants debut on Thursday for Saquon Barkley. Uh, I have a feeling Odell Beckham Jr. won't play. Uh, That's but, fair. But you'll get Saquon Barkley some action his first time uh, in a pro game in a Giants uniform. So that'll be fun. That'll obviously be fun to watch. And I did promise, promise Frank, by the way, off air, that my rankings will be done by the time he gets back. You have about, what would it be, 10, 11 10, days? Like 10 days, yeah. yeah. I have faith in you, Greg. You know, it, it's, it's annoying because I used to be able to, like, after the BFFs, you know what, maybe I'll work on that today. Because I was like, normally, I would do it after the BFFs. I'd sit and put my headphones in and focus. You see me now, like, running around all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like a chicken without a head. That's Greg. what it feels like. But maybe today, things this afternoon might be calm enough to do that. But I think I might be ready to do it. I'm just about finishing my rankings. I'm going to post those on rotoexperts.com. Florio, if you're watching, can you, can you just send me yours? Thanks. Oh, I was going to say, you know, maybe you want mine, but I guess I'm not good enough, Greg. It's well, I just like the, do you do it in the same format he does it? How I does like, he do it? I, I honestly don't know. I just copy and paste. It's very easy. Does he do it on an Excel sheet? Yeah, I need an Excel I sheet. I don't do that. I just do... I do it on Fantasy Pros, like right there on can the back end. Can I export it then? Maybe. I'll look into it. I'll see. I, you might be able to export it as an Excel sheet. That's fine. Yeah. I, I'll see. You know, otherwise, I just have to start over. I also do tiers, too. Like, you, have to, you, yeah. you know me. I'm all about For colors. Sure. I'm all about colors. Some people don't. Mistake. Yeah. Great Very big error. on tiers. We should probably do like a tier strategy discussion at some point. Well, I'll say this. The, the, we can get into it today if you want, because I do like having a, a strategy discussion. We, we do have a bunch of dueling to do. Arr. But... Um, in an auction, the tiers are more massive than anything else. Like, even more than a snake to me, you, the auction, when you are in an auction, the tiers, you live and die by the tiers. Yeah, especially if other people have similar tiers as well. So you know that when that group, oh, man. When that group of running backs is going, that Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, if Melvin Gordon's the last one on the board in an auction, he's going to get jacked up. He's going to end up going for more than all those other guys because people see him as the last workhorse running back in the first round. That's not necessarily the case, but if that's the perception that someone has, 
you're going to see Melvin Gordon's price in an auction start to skyrocket. I just have a great name for our tier show that we're going to do. It's called Tears for Fears. Tears for Fears. We probably come up with something better. Well, it's a band. It's a very famous band. Is it really? How do I not know that then? Tears for Fears. Is it like a Dave Matthews band? No, band? no, 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 no. Bones would kill you for not knowing this. Tears for Fears? Yes. Is it like a throwback band or something? Yes. Yes, it is. You know what? what? I wrote Tears for Fears, but I, I spelt out tears like positional tears. Like oh T-I-E-R-S. I will play this. Oh, man. Uh, when we come back from the break. I oh, I know this song. Everybody Wants to Rule the World. Mad World? I didn't know that they Mad actually... Mad World is a very famous song. OG? Yeah. OG Mad World? Yes. Sorry. Originally, I was there's a lot of people from this era who make great music, but you don't know who made it. I was going to call uh, the original name of the show was Tears for Tears. I thought that was very creative as well. Tears. Tears for Tears. But I had to figure out like what we would do to make it special. Like, would we put special eye drops in so we're tearing out up while we're doing this? No, like if you miss out on a tear, right. that's when you start sobbing. Well, that was the idea, but I, w- I would want to make sure we had tears coming out. And then I would fill the... You're a prop guy now. And then Greg, I would make so. you full, fill the, the board for the show with the crying emoji. All right. We'll figure it out. Look forward to we that. got some time. We're going back. We're dueling the rest of the show. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back with you, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Um, all right. Here's what I want to get to you because we didn't get a chance to talk about it yesterday. Brandon LaFell was cut uh, by the Bengals, and he was like, listen, I wanted my release. I've been asking for it for months. I realized that they're going a different direction. I want it out. I want it to move on. And we, we joked about him going back to the Patriots and the whole fell physical thing um, with Eric Decker. But what we didn't really get into is who replaces Brandon LaFell. John Ross played like one game, then they tried to turn him into a cornerback for a little while. Then he got hurt, and then he came back as a wide receiver, and they tried to turn yes, him right. into a cornerback again. And this dude was a top 10 pick. And I was like, what is going on? Well, Brandon Phil's gone. Tyler Boyd has already proven not to you know, be all that good. You know, he's fine. He's like, whatever. Tyler Eifert's never healthy, which means, theoretically, this would open up a spot for John Ross to have a little value here. I know there's a lot of people, Jake Seeley in particular, who are very high on Mike Williams. Should more people be high on John Ross, Frank? I think he fits his role on the team within the offense. Look, A.J. Green's always going to be the top target getter in this offense. And, you know, believe it or not, Greg, you killed me for Jordan Reed the other day. 
Tyler Eifert's picking up some steam right what? now no, in no the fantasy way. industry just because no of his price. Way. Because of his price, Greg. You're getting this guy as one of your last picks. If you play in a 16-round draft, you're getting him in the 14th, 15th round. That's why Tyler Eifert is picking up some steam right now. But regardless, if it's Tyler Eifert, if it's Tyler Croft, Andy Dalton has always leaned on the tight end a little bit in the red zone. Um, so I don't know that there's much to go around here, even if John Ross is healthy. like I think he'll fit his role on the team. Maybe he'll see like three, four, five deep shots down the field. He can catch one, two of those. Uh, maybe he has some big games, some blow-up games. You want to take a shot at him in best ball, there's no chance I'm drafting him in redraft. And if you ask me, I actually think Tyler Boyd has been a little bit underappreciated by the Cincinnati Bengals. I think he should have an opportunity to have a bigger role in this offense. You start Tyler Boyd, you start A.J. Green on, as the outside wide receivers, and then you kind of bring... John Ross in for certain packages, and he plays his role as the deep ball specialist. Can this offense have a player, a wide receiver, a pass catcher, worth owning other than A.J. Green? I, think, I know you mentioned Tyler yeah. Eifert rising up draft boards. And he's always been a touchdown maker, but never anywhere really else on the field. Can it be, is, there, is it worth owning someone else? I think whoever the tight end is. While Tyler Eifert is healthy, he's worth rostering as your tight end to... Look, I know the games played are absolutely brutal, but it's just the price that he's going for right now. If he starts to go, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th round, absolutely not. Don't even take a shot at him. I'm, I'm not worrying about that. Because A.J. Green demands so many targets, Giovanni Bernard catches the ball. We expect Joe Mixon to take a step forward. I don't think that this offense can support a number two receiver, especially wide receiver, that is fantasy viable, in my opinion, unless something were to happen to A.J. Green, Greg. Do you believe that Mike Williams would be a, is a more complete receiver than John Ross? Mike Williams? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. I mean, people were talking about him being more talented than Corey Davis last year. Well, that, that, if it wasn't for the back injury. Well, that's fair, too. Yeah, but John Ross, I mean, it was just a terrible pick. And we've seen this happen from okay. the Bengals. I don't know why Marvin Lewis still has his job. That's You saved that for another show. But the John Ross pick solely happened because he ran an amazing 40. He should not have been a top 10 pick. Some people, most people had him as a second, third round pick, yet he went inside the top 10. I think it was just a brutal pick by the Bengals. Okay. So... Where is Mike Williams going ADP-wise right now? He's starting to gain some steam as well. He's probably receiver 54 off the board. That's what, I, that's what I meant to ask you because I knew you had that information available for you. Um, Mike Williams is 54 off the board right now according to NFFC. Which what, what is that overall? I, I, you didn't write that down. 148. Okay, so he's, he's, he's climbing. That's in fantasy pros. Now, I heard... Ronis was on, on target the other day with Jake Seeley, and he said in the FFWC... Mike Williams is going inside the top 80. Excuse me? The top 80, Greg. Mike Williams. Why? Of the Los Angeles Chargers. Why is this? I, I can't give you an answer. I mean, other players who are going right inside the top 80. Your boy Robert Woods at 82. Ridiculous, man. Emmanuel Sanders at 89. I mean, unless I heard it wrong. But I, I thought I heard that he was going at pick 78 in the FFWC. That's insane. Which should not be a thing. No. According it, to Fantasy Pros, he's going double that right now in the 150s, I which get makes it. more sense. Listen, I get it. Everybody everybody loves the LA Chargers this year. Like Everybody is on board, despite losing Jason Verrett again before the season even begins. But they look at an improved offensive line. Everyone is healthy for now, although Hunter Henry's hurt. We have bought in hard on Keenan Allen, you and I, and really the whole industry is kind of just... He's settled now. But other than that, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked you when it came to the Bengals. Is there another pass catcher on this team that is worth owning? Like, obviously, we like Melvin Gordon as a first-round pick. Obviously, we like Keenan Allen as a second-round pick. 
Other than that, is there somebody else we should own that we have to, we should go out of our ways to get? Like Mike Williams is the one that's climbing. Of course, there's Tyrell Williams there, there's Travis Benjamin there, and there's Mike Williams. And everybody believes Cream rises to the top. Mike Williams is a former first round pick. They literally drafted him to compliment Keenan Allen. He's a bigger dude. He should be able to muscle his way in the red zone. All these signs add up to a successful season for Mike Williams. Will the back remain healthy? Will he remain healthy uh, in, in other regards? Can he play all 16 games? So the question I ask is the same with the Bengals, Frank. Is there another pass catcher that, is, that you were going out of your way to get? Not named Melvin Gordon and not named Keenan Allen. Yeah, and I think Mike Williams does fit that mold here. You know, not inside the top 80, but, you know, maybe inside the top 130 if he starts to rise that high. I don't have a problem with him uh, around, you know, Wide receiver 50 in that range. If he starts to move up, then um, he's going to be off my board. But I think if he's going in that range, it does make sense. The guy does have pedigree. He has upside. We saw what he did at college. Another wide receiver who played at Clemson. We spoke about Deion Kane the other day. And, you know, really a lot of the wide receivers who have come out of Clemson have been very fantasy viable. Uh, it doesn't mean that everybody is going to be. But obviously what he did in college, I think you have to account for that. And look, there's no tight end there as of now. Antonio Gates can sign. Will even, sign. Even if he does, I don't know how much of a role he'll have. Yeah, he'll probably be in there during the red zone, but Philip Rivers is missing You know what was supposed to be Hunter Henry this year. He, you know, I think Mike Williams is a better all-around wide receiver than Tyrell Williams, and it's not a knock on him. I think Tyrell Williams and Benjamin, they have their roles. They can catch deep balls down the field as well. But Mike Williams, in my opinion, a more all-around wide receiver talent. And I think, you know, if he's going around 130, 140, that range, he's worth taking. You start to push him up around 100 or even above that, I'm probably not getting involved, Greg. In Seattle, we talk about this is, the conversation remains the same to me. Trying to find another pass catcher. Now, Doug Baldwin, you spoke about yesterday, on the air, off the air. They're dropping him into the Amari Cooper-type ter- territory, which I believe is towards the back end of the fourth round, right? Back into the third. Back into like the third It's like the 3-4 swing. Sorry. So, that's where you back Doug Baldwin into. You lose Jimmy Graham, you lose Paul Richardson. Who You love Rashad Penny, I know that. But who is Russell Wilson throwing the ball to? Is there a second pass catcher on this team that you want to own? Yeah, I think Tyler Lockett is actually being a little bit disrespected. And people have tried to do this before, and we got excited about him a couple of years ago. But look at where he's going. According to Fantasy Pros, wide receiver 64 off the board, pick 174. I think we'll start to see his ADP rise now as well with the injury to Doug Baldwin. He could end up being the de facto number one target in this offense uh, until Doug Baldwin is healthy. And there's still a chance that he can be. But... Remember Tyler Lockett's rookie season. I mean, he had 664 yards, six touchdowns. He's a speedster. Not necessarily an all-around wide receiver talent that Doug Baldwin is, but just based on volume, uh, he's going to have an opportunity this year. And I know normally the Seahawks kind of mix and match who their wide receiver two is. Last year it was Paul Richardson. But while Tyler Lockett is healthy, I think that he's going to be the number two wide receiver out there on the outside. Brandon Marshall... He'll have his role maybe within the red zone if he even makes the team. Uh, I put out a poll yesterday, should the Seahawks sign Des Bryant? That might uh, resurface as well. But as of now, you have to be in on Tyrell Lockett just based on the opportunity, I believe, Greg. Lockett, I... No. Because no. I'm, I'm going to go an old adage that the King once told me. Uh-oh. But would he say it about Tyrell Lockett, though? He plays for the Seahawks. Probably not. But I want to say it anyway. And you know what it is. Hit me. Opportunity... Doesn't always create, lead to production. Correct. Tyler Lockett's had his chances. You could tell me that he hasn't been healthy. You could tell me that 
he's finally in the best shape of his life. And that Doug Baldwin's hurt, and Paul Richardson's not there, and Brandon Marshall's old as F. Remember, Tyler Lockett became a thing last year, too. Like, him and Paul Richardson, it seems like there were games where they were switching off. We were trying to make Tyler Lockett a thing again last year. Correct. You're telling me this team loses 98 targets from Jimmy Graham, loses 80 targets from Paul Richardson, and we're just not moving Tyler Lockett up the draft board? That doesn't seem fair to him, Greg. And I know you might have been burned by him before, but based on the target share that is available on this team and the injury to Doug Baldwin, I think the next man up is Tyler Lockett. I know Scott I is talking I'm about so Jerron ha- Brown. I am so happy really, that, you Jerron take, Brown? that you're taking a Brian Schottenheimer's wide receiver two. That's what you're doing. I want to let He me could be it. the wide receiver one until Doug Baldwin's healthy. I just want to make that clear. That's what you're doing. But this defense is not good, Greg. Like, yeah, they're going to try Neither to run the Brian ball. Neither is Brian Schottenheimer in anything. Don't talk about my former Jets offensive coordinator like this. I just realized I, I skipped Gio Bernard when we were talking about the Bengals. He finishes RB29 last season. Uh, we talked about all these PPR running backs. I've basically mentioned Chris Thompson every day this week. We did a whole PPR running back show uh, with EY, and we never even got to Giovanni Bernard. Is he just a forgotten man, or and should he be forgotten? He shouldn't be forgotten, and that's why I wanted to bring him up. We did you know, players yesterday who you shouldn't forget about, players who you might be sleeping on, Here's the past four years from Gio Bernard. He finished RB29 last year, RB41 in 2016, RB18 in 2015, RB17 in 2014. His percentage of snaps the last four years, 50%, 36%, 55%, 48%. This is part of what's holding me back from really considering Joe Mixon in that early third round range where he's going. He's going in the second round in some drafts right now. Joe Mixon, that is. And I just worry because Gio Bernard is always going to have a role in this offense. Are they going to completely get rid of him and just use Joe, Joe Mixon to the max? I don't expect that to happen. I so agree. Gio Bernard is always going to have a role on this team, especially in PPR. I think you can do a lot worse than getting him as your RB5 as a bi-week replacement in PPR formats. And honestly, he's going later than that, Greg, because he's not the sexy pick. Yes, he's not even remotely sexy. But he almost seems like... A waste of a pick, in a way. And I know with the stat I just read, they finished the top 30 running back last year. Are you ever going to feel comfortable starting him, though? I just mentioned PPR as a bi-week replacement. That's how... And if you draft Joe Mixon, for where he's going, RB53, you handcuff him as well. No doubt about it. Yes. Totally agree with that. But if you don't draft Joe Mixon, he's a bi-week replacement, I'd rather, in all honesty, use my bench spot for somebody that could break out. That's fair. I don't have a problem with that. But I think in full-point PPR... Just reading out what he's done the past couple of years. And yep. again, those finishes were in half-point PPR. Yep. So he might have been even better in a full-point PPR. I just think he has his cemented role in this offense. He might be a guy who goes undrafted, honestly. And then when you need the bi-week replacement, you end up picking him up. Naheem Hines has been a, one of the guys in the fantasy community that everybody loves. And because of that, Marlon Mack's been a forgotten man. Like everybody, there's not one expert that's like, oh, yeah, I love Marlon Mack this year. Everybody's all about Naheem Hines. Some people are in on Jordan Wilkins, but mostly it's been about Naheem Hines. Frank, before you rave about Hines, can you describe to everybody why you don't like Marlon Mack? Because Mack's the starter. He's the starting running back. He is who fantasy... Is he the starter? Yes. Who fantasy experts wanted to get all these touches last year, and he didn't. He couldn't understand why they were running with old-ass Frank Gore, right? Like, it was, why why not more Mack? Why not more Mack? And now, when we have more Mac, every expert's like, oh, I don't, no more Mac. No more Mac. <laughs> no more Mac. Right. So, why don't you like Marlon Mack? Tell the people why they should not draft Marlon Mack. 
So, in my opinion, he's going in the sixth, seventh round, and some people are looking at that like a steal. Like, yeah, I could get the Colts starting running right. back. In my opinion, he is not going to be the Colts starting running back. And even if he is, it won't be long before the starting tandem on this team becomes Jordan Wilkins on early downs and Naheem Hines on passing downs. Maybe there's even a role where Wilkins and Hines are on the field at the same time, a la Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. But Marlon Mack, you just look at the way he plays. I just think he's too boomer bust. And what I mean by that is... When things are breaking down on a play, he tries too hard to make stuff happen. He was among the top three running backs last year who either gained zero yards or negative yardage last season. That was as a rookie. Now you could say, okay, yeah, he was a rookie. Maybe he progresses. I'm just not buying in. I think I've watched enough of Marlon Mack to know that he just tries too hard to bounce things out to the outside, to make too much happen. I think Jordan Wilkins more of a prototypical early downs runner. And remember... The new coaching staff here, they don't have ties to Marlon Mack. That was the previous regime that drafted him. They don't owe him anything. This this coaching staff went out and they drafted Naheem Hines. They went out and they drafted Jordan Wilkins. Frank Reich comes from the Eagles system where they like to use multiple running backs. So maybe the answer is nobody. Maybe you don't want anybody. But I just think based on where Hines and Wilkins are going in that 11th, 12th round range, you take a shot there. Whereas Marlon Mack, you have to pay a 6th, 7th round price tag. He won't be on any of my team. It's amazing that people always talk about him bouncing around and the negative yards, and it's all true. He does like to bounce it outside. Do you know our, our favorite website, Player Profiler? Yes, sir. Do you know who they believe the best comparison to Marlon Mack is? Hmm. Who did we used to say this about back in the day? Someone who likes to only bounce. He's currently way. active. The player they believe is the best comparison. I remember we used to say this about somebody else, sure. too. We did, for sure. Is it that player? No. Mal Charles. Marshawn Lynch. The opposite of what you're saying. Well, I mean, just because player profile comps him, that doesn't mean it's going to happen. I'm just telling you. Will, will you be in on Marlon Mack? Will you have any Marlon Mack shares? I can see myself having Marlon Mack share. Now, to be fair, two years ago, I also had a Jeremy Langford share. And everybody was off Jeremy Langford. I went the other way. I was like, yeah, give me a Jeremy Langford share. And now, you backed I, that up with Jordan Howard as well? I didn't draft him. I think I used some, some fab on him. <laughs> Um, but you just, you love the Bears running backs, huh? Year in and year I out. I do. I like the Bears running backs. Jeremy Langford, Jordan Howard, those are your guys. I'm back on Jordan Howard again. I, love, I know you are. I love Jordan Howard. As you should be. He's great. He's great, man. Um, here you go. I have the exact stat here that I mentioned, Greg. It was according okay. to the Indy Star, Mac finished second in the league in percentage of runs that went for no yards or less. 32.2% of his runs went for no yards or less. I know the offensive line was bad, but... At some point, you got to start to run north-south. You can't just run east-west all the time. I think that's part of the problem with Marlon Mack. Mm. Okay. I'm out. You're out. Before we get to the ADP duels, one last note to mention. Ben Watson, back in New Orleans, where everything went right for him. Ed Dixon, up in Seattle, as a good year in Carolina. Are you getting in on Ben Watson or, Car- or Ben Watson or Ed Dixon? Um. I think these are guys. Uh, these guys are just later tight end twos that you take in a best ball format. Guys that I have been targeting uh, more so Ben Watson because we saw him just a couple years ago have a pretty good rapport with Drew Brees. I don't think he's done yet. We saw that last year playing in Baltimore with the Ravens. Um, so I don't think there's a immense upside with a Ben Watson, but I think in a best ball format you get him as your tight end two, something like that, a bye week replacement. I don't have a problem with him. Ed Dixon. It just goes back to. The Seahawks don't have a lot of pass catchers right now. And we saw, we've seen glimpses of Ed Dixon having fantasy value. Last year it was with the Carolina Panthers. 
Uh, I know Scott likes Nick Vanette as well. Uh, whoever starts at tight end there, we saw last year what Russell Wilson did with Jimmy Graham. Ed Dixon is not the player that Jimmy Graham is, but they need someone to catch the ball there. I think as a tight end too in a best ball format or maybe a deeper format this year. I like those guys. I actually agree wholeheartedly with that. There you go. But guess what? We're not going to agree. Because coming up next, ah. the ADP duels you've been waiting for. Fantasy best friends forever. We're dueling. Coming up next. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The duel of the century is upon us. Hmm. All right. So how this is going to work. Don't put your sword down. Sorry, Greggy. Don't put your sword down. Okay. So we have a bunch of ADPs that are very, very similar. Some some Frank and I agree with. All right. We definitely want one guy. Other times, we're on very opposite sides. And we will duel until the death. Till the death. Till the fantasy death. Multiple times. I mean, I didn't say, no, not fan. Death. Okay. Like death, death, death. Real life death. Yes. Okay. Huh? I mean, this is Valerian Prepare. Steel. This is Valerian Steel. Valerian Steel mm-hmm. dueling swords. Right. Are you ready? I'm ready. For the first duel. Hit me that duel music, Sean. He's right on it. I love that. It's a great producer. Pick 76. It's Will Fuller versus Jameson Crowder. I don't want to duel yet until we know where you are. Who do you like at that pick? I'll be taking Jameson Crowder, regardless of format, Greg Sussman. I agree. Both of us love Jameson Crowder this year. Um, No matter what format it is, we know Alex Smith's going to fall in love with this dude. Um, Josh Doxon's already hurt. This is like the lock of the world to me, is him bouncing back. I love James Crowder this year. Yeah, I know. Some people drafted him in the fourth, fifth round. I did so in my home league yeah. last year, and I got burnt. But when you play fantasy football or fantasy anything, really, yep. you got to be uh, short. Is it short-minded? Uh, you mean uh, short-sighted? Short-sighted. Uh, you can't remember last year the fact that he burned you. It's a new year. It's a new quarterback. Still same old system. We know that Alex Smith likes to target the middle of the field a lot, and we're already getting reports out of camp that Jameson Crowder and Alex Smith are a match made in heaven. That's exactly what we thought it was going to be, and it looks like it's going to come to fruition. I think there's a chance we get 80-plus receptions this year, six, seven touchdowns, maybe a little bit lighter on the touchdowns, but especially in half-point PPR, full-point PPR, I love Jameson Crowder. And it's not a knock on Will Fuller, but everything we've heard about Will Fuller, touchdown regression, what was it, last year he had 14 receptions, I think half of them were touchdowns, and he played amazing with Deshaun Watson. 
Deshaun Watson is healthy. We saw how bad Will Fuller has been without the likes of Deshaun Watson. He's been a little inconsistent. His hands, he's a little bit touchdown dependent. Plus, DeAndre Hopkins is always going to be the top target getter there. I don't really mind where Will Fuller is going in terms of his ADP and his value, especially in standard leagues. I think he's going to score. Maybe maybe he'll score more touchdowns than Jamison Crowder. But Crowder, to me, definitely more receptions, more receiving yards this year. For that reason, I lean Jamison Crowder. There. You talk about that touchdown regression or the touch regression when it comes to um, Alvin Kamara. You're obviously going to see with Will Fuller the touchdowns. You, you have to. Are you completely out on Will Fuller? I don't want to be, um, but I have a feeling people are going to be higher on him than I am. I like Will Fuller. I owned him Pick last 75 year. Pick awesome. 76 puts him like the early seventh round. That's that not terrible value. Is, it Especially went, in a standard. In the seventh round, what am I getting him as? A wide receiver? Depending on my, if he's my wide receiver four, that's awesome. No, he won't be. He'll be your wide receiver three. He's wide receiver 28 off the board right now. Going, oh gosh. Going what? Fantasy Pro's going ahead of Chris Hogan. Okay, that's just that, blasphemous. That's, that's blasphemous. Just blasphemous. Uh, but I agree. I'm okay with that value. Just not ahead of Chris Hogan. Shall we duel again? I just want to see where I have Fuller in my rankings as of right now. All right, cool. I have him 37th in standard. So some guys right ahead of him. Uh, I should probably move him ahead of Pierre Garcon. Score more touchdowns. But Cooper Cup, Robbie Anderson, Emmanuel Sanders, Jamison Crowder, Randall Cobb. Do you have a problem with any of those guys going ahead of Will Fuller? Rinse me one more time. Randall Cobb, Jamison Crowder, Emmanuel Sanders, Robbie Anderson, Cooper Cup. In a standard league. I think I'd rather have Will Fuller than Cooper Cup. All right, that's fair. That's, so that's only one rank off. Yeah, but that's I, in that 35, 36 wide receiver. Especially in a, in a non-PBR league, I'd, I'd, definitely, I'd definitely rather have Will Fuller. Okay. Yeah. All right, that's fair. Okay, let's duel. Durr. Hit it again, Sean! Here we go. It's getting tougher, folks. Pick 31. Stefan Diggs. Tyreek Hill. What do you got? I will be taking Stephon Diggs. Talk louder, otherwise I can't hear you. Stephon Diggs at pick 31 over Tyreek Hill. You know where I stand, Frank. Oh, Terps. I also take Stephon Diggs. <laughs> Fear the turtle. No dueling yet. Are you going to choose one? <laughs> That we're on opposite ends of Craig. I'm getting it. I'm trying to build up to it. <laughs> so far, I knew exactly your position of both of there them. Uh, we both like Stephon Diggs over Tyreek Hill. Um, are you concerned, by the way, at Patrick Mahomes, all the interceptions in camp thus far? Because that's been a big story. Yeah, no, not for me. Actually, I enjoy this because I think it's gonna. it could push his ADP down a little bit. I have him inside my top 12 at quarterback this year. I have him as my QB 11. I think there's immense upside. What it comes down to with Patrick Mahomes, and this might be foolish to say, I don't know how he fails. I can't see a scenario where he fails unless he's throwing so many picks and putting the Chiefs in a position every week where they're losing. That, that, maybe that's the only way, but given the talent that he has around him, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt, I just think when you have that much talent, how can you fail? And not only that, he can take off with his legs, so I, I'm very much so in on Patrick Mahomes this year. I'm not worried about this. I actually hope it drives his ADP down, Greg. All right, so there you go. Fair enough. The reason I take Stefan Diggs over I'm not worried about. Oh, by the way, I'm not yeah. worried about this either. It's just, uh, I think when it comes to a, um, a rookie and a rookie quarterback, everyone's going to be essentially a rookie quarterback. Everyone's going to be narrowing in on every mistake and every interception. Like if Eli Manning throws all these interceptions today, no one's saying a word. Yeah. Continue. The reason I take Stefan Diggs over Tyreek Hill is basically just because of volume. And last year, you know, Tyreek Hill was held under 110 targets. And I've tweeted this out before, Drink. In terms of 
target share on this team, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, doesn't it worry you a little bit? Because you just don't know who's going to be the most targeted wide receiver in this offense. I mean, maybe both got all the three of these guys are between 100 and 110 targets this year. Maybe Kelsey fluctuates a little bit up. Maybe Sammy Watkins fluctuates a little bit down. I just think there's a lot of volatility between the target share of those three receivers on the team right now. Now, I think the reason why I like Patrick Mahomes is because he benefits from all of it. Regardless of who's catching the passes, Patrick Mahomes is going to benefit. But I do think there's a chance that all three of these guys could take away from each other. And part of the reason why I'm in on Sammy Watkins this year, Greg, is because you're getting a two, three-round discount. Whereas Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, you have to pay a third-round price tag to get these guys. If they're all getting similar targets, wouldn't you take the guy who's going two, three rounds Uh later? That's why I like Sammy Watkins. And if you ask me, I think he's the best all-around wide receiver on the team. That's why I like Watkins. That's why I'm souring a little bit on Tyreek Hill right now. Let's duel. Let's duel. John, thank you. Let's go to the highest pick out of these. Pick 17. Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, my boys. These are your boys. I will be taking Keenan Allen regardless of format, Greg Sussman. I honestly don't know. I don't know which one to pick. I love them both so much. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, I will select... Devante Adams. Ooh. You care to duel? Let's do it. Yeah, um, so for me, it, these guys are extremely, extremely close. Keenan Allen, with no Antonio Gates there as of now, with no Hunter Henry, he's going to be the player that Phillip Rivers throws to more than anyone all over the field. I love both of these guys. They both have their injury issues. Devontae Adams with the concussions, Keenan Allen with his entire body just being brittle. Will they both remain healthy? I don't know. But what is the determining factor? What is the one thing that pulled me toward Devontae Adams? Aaron Rodgers. I'll take Aaron Rodgers, and I'll take Devontae Adams. I don't think you're wrong if you like Keenan Allen more. I love him, as I said. I lean Devontae Adams only because of Aaron Rodgers. Not saying Phillip Rivers is a slouch passing the ball. He's not Aaron Rodgers. That's fair. If you want to use that as your determining factor, I don't have a problem with that. You want to take you know, one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen play the game, that's fine. I'm just going to go with volume here. I think the fact that Antonio Gates isn't there yet, even if he's there, he's an older Antonio Gates now. Mike Williams, we don't know what's going to happen with the back injury there. Keenan Allen had 159 targets last year, Greg. That was top five among wide receivers. I think Devontae Adams, his targets are going to go up this year. He's going to see a career high high in targets as the wide receiver one for the Packers. But don't forget, Keenan Allen actually led the Chargers in red zone targets last year. He was number two in the entire NFL. He had 24 red zone targets. Yet he only had six touchdowns on 159 overall targets. I think we see positive touchdown regression for Keenan Allen. I think we see him maybe in that 8 to 10 touchdown range based on these targets. And the reason why I take him over Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams might outscore him in terms of touchdowns. I think Keenan Allen has more receptions and receiving yards. I can see, I, I can see all of that. Yeah. I, I can't really argue it because it's so close to me. It very is. I don't think there's a wrong answer either. I, I have both ranked ahead of A.J. Green, by the way. I completely and utterly agree with that. Both ahead of Mike Evans as well. Agreed.
All right, so let's not fight to the death for that one. That was, that was a nice duel. Yeah. That was a nice duel. But this next one, this is tough. Are you ready? Because this is a fatal four-way match. Fatal four? Hit it, Sean! At pick 55, would you rather draft Ronald Jones, Royce Freeman, Rashad Penny, or Darius Geis? We'll be taking Darius Geis of that group. Right, suspect. Let's make it a triple threat match because I agree. Get rid of Darius Geis. Who would you take? Rashad Penny, Ronald Jones, or Royce Freeman? I will be taking Rashad Penny, Greg Sussman. And now it's one on one. I also will take Rashad Penny. Ronald Jones, Royce Freeman. I will be taking Ronald Jones, Greg Sussman. I will take Royce Freeman. Ha! 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 Even all over Ronald Jones, all even over Ronald Jones, all preseason. Why him over Royce Freeman now? I trust. Ronald Jones a little bit more. Uh, they use higher draft capital on him. They use a second-round pick, whereas the Denver Broncos use a third-round pick on Royce Freeman. It's not that big of a difference, but the Denver Broncos continue to talk up Devontae Booker. I think he'll have a little bit more of a role than a Peyton Barber will for the Tampa Bay Bucks. But you just look at what the Bucks lacked the past couple of years. They have lacked an explosive running back. That's exactly what they got in Ronald Jones. I think he has the, the ability to break away at any point in a game. His player comp was actually Jamal Charles. I think that's very high praise. He didn't catch the ball all that much in college, but as we've seen, that doesn't mean that you can't catch the ball. It just means maybe you weren't used in that capacity at the college level. I like Royce Freeman a lot, Greg. Don't get me wrong, but if I'm choosing one of these two, it's Ronald Jones. Listen, I, I think it's close also. That's why it's an ADP duel, and that's why they're being drafted close together. But Royce Freeman, more so to me, I think, than Ronald Jones, from what I've read, is kind of exploding at, at camp. And I don't believe in Devontae Booker. Uh, I don't believe in D'Angelo Henderson. I think Royce Freeman is somebody that, with a good offense, I think with a, a solid quarterback in Case Keenum, uh, wide receivers that we certainly trust, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, I think Royce Freeman could be that next running back we were waiting for for the Broncos. We wanted it to be C.J. Anderson. We wanted it to be uh, Devontae Booker. It didn't happen. I think Royce Freeman could be that guy. They spent a high pick on this dude. They're going to give him every opportunity. He's looked very good thus far in the spring. He's one of the guys in the playoffs that I'm excited about. Not playoffs, in the preseason I'm excited about. And don't get me wrong, I like Royce Freeman as well, Greg. I have these guys ranked back-to-back -back in my standard rankings as of right now. Ronald Jones at pick 22, Royce Freeman at 23 amongst running backs. I do like Freeman a lot. People don't realize. They just see, oh, he's 5'11", 230. He's this big, bulky back. He had 79 career receptions at Oregon can actually catch the ball. It is time Don't for our on. final pass catcher ADP. Pick 85. The tight end position. Delaney Walker or Kyle Rudolph? God, don't do this to me. I will be taking Delaney Walker. I knew you would, young squire. But that's why you shall die. Because I will take Kyle Rudolph. Oh, is that correct? Yes. 
Care to tell me why? No. Because I'd rather kill you. Ah! Ah! Lenny Walker's uber consistent. Like, this dude is super, super consistent. And has been for a very, very long time. But Kyle Rudolph, after letting people down year after year, over the last two years, he's durable and he scores more touchdowns than any tight end in football. And it's only getting better. Because the quarterback is now Kirk Cousins. And who uses the tight end more than Kirk Cousins? The answer? Nobody. Give me Kyle Rudolph. I mean, you, you don't have to sell me on Kyle Rudolph. I do love him, Greg. I have Kyle Rudolph as my tight end eight right now in standard rankings. But I have Delaney Walker all the way up at tight end five. Wow. I just think based on his consistency, what we've seen out of him the past couple of years, tight end six last year in points per game, tight end seven in 2016, tight end three in 2015. The guy is basically a lock for 800 receiving yards. I know Corey Davis, we expect him to take the next step forward. I have no problem with that. I think Corey Davis can be the target leader on this team. I think Delaney Walker can be the second highest target getter in this offense, and that'll be enough for him to maybe not amass 800 receiving yards once again, but he'll come close to it, and last year actually led this team in red zone targets and in end zone targets. You see positive touchdown regression out of Delaney Walker. Six, seven touchdowns, close to 800 yards. That makes him a top five tight end. Just a little bit better than Kyle Rudolph. Pick 91, Jamal Williams and Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, that's why we're not really dueling. Yeah, it's, it's Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Carry on Johnson versus Chris Thompson. It's probably going to depend on the type of league you're playing in, right? Yeah. I just threw it in there because I thought you might just take Chris Thompson's back. But I, I, I knew that you or did Or maybe that. his leg. <laughs> I knew that you did that. I know you like Carry on Johnson more. I would Love take him. Chris Thompson. I know you're taking Carry on Johnson. Yeah, look, I'm going to continue to talk about the Detroit Lions offense, and I think they're going to be a more balanced approach yeah. this year. Even with JBC there calling the plays, I think an improved offensive line. They draft Frank Regnow. They get... Taylor Decker back here. Yeah, we say the same thing every week. Every single day, man. Yeah. You, you have to... People shy away from Detroit Lions running backs because they've been burned so many times, Greg. We have to project forward. Stop looking in the past. Project forward. The team traded up to get Harryon Johnson in the second round. You know who else they trade, uh, team traded up for to get a running back position last year, Greg? Who? Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt. Not saying he's going to be that good, but when a team trades up to get a running back, they're going to give that guy the opportunity. What are you doing this weekend? Chilling. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm leaving to go to Myrtle Beach on Sunday. Uh, Saturday is actually Pinga's brother's birthday, so I'll be out watching UFC on Saturday. Beautiful. I'll be in Jersey, my family, hanging out. Go to the Phillies game Sunday if it doesn't get rained out again. Phillies versus two. Marlins. It's alumni weekend, so maybe Ryan Howard will be there. <laughs> Have a fantastic weekend. Frank's out all week next week. EY will be here on Friday. Hopefully some special guests along the way. For Frank Stanfield, I'm Greg Sussman. Thanks so much for watching. We'll do it all again on Monday. We, we hope. hope. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7.